God's invitation to come to the fire and be transformed by His grace through this message. I believe with all my heart that family devotions come out of the heart of a mama and the love a mama's mama has for Jesus. And a husband too, but, but for us here this morning, I believe that a mommy has a particularly amazing role to play in introducing her children to Jesus. And so I think what Arla shared is so important that more than anything else that you can do for your family is to fall in love with Jesus. And if you notice, oh, there's dryness or oh, there's distance, do whatever it takes. There, in, my, in my grandparents' house, there was a sign on the wall that says, pay any price to keep his touch. And I think that I, when, my, when my grandmother went to heaven and we were kind of dividing up her, her treasures, that was the treasure I wanted. And I have it on my house, pay any, in, on my wall, pay any price to keep his touch. So I think as moms, and maybe you don't have young children in the house, maybe your children are grown, maybe you um, don't have any children, and I think, but God, I think the hope of the world is in the next generation. So if you don't have any children, find some, adopt some, carry some in your heart. I've got neighbor kids down the street that I pray for. My friend, my kids bring their friends home from school. Children are, are they're, they're the ones that are going to make the difference for Jesus in the generations to come. So we want to make sure that we're praying for children regularly, whether or not Jesus has given us our own or not. Now, as I was thinking about this time this morning, the verse he kept bringing to my mind was Revelation 3.20. And this is actually the verse that I asked Jesus into my heart when I was four. And it was looking at a picture of Jesus standing at the door knocking like we heard about the other night. And behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. And I think that mommies have the incredible privilege of being door openers. And I used to think that we were doors of grace and Jesus and our children kind of met in, in us and we became the, the way for Jesus and our children to meet. But I was just recently reading John 10 and Jesus said to me, Cricket, I am the door. You are simply the door opener. And I think sometimes we think, okay, well, I've invited him into my heart. I've opened him into my, I've invited him into my life. I've opened the door of my heart to him. But we forget that we can also invite him into our home. And I think that's the most important thing for a mom, that we are door openers, welcomers of the presence of Jesus. And our number one job is to invite him in and then receive him. And I think as we go home from Come to the Fire, that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to invite him into our home, into our living room, into our kitchen, into our bedrooms, into our basements, into our bathrooms. Invite him into every room in the house so that he knows that it's a Jesus home. <laughs> and then when we invite him in, he never says no. Now, when we invite him in, I love this. I was just reading um, The Walk to Emmaus. And you remember the story. So they're the two men, and they're so discouraged and disappointed, every hope broken. And they're walking to Emmaus talking about Jesus. And all of a sudden, who's there but Jesus himself? And Jesus comes alongside, and he begins to explain to them who he is. 
I love that. And that's what I think he does with mommies. He comes alongside and he says, you don't know, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you about me and I'll tell you about how I work and I'll tell you what your children need and I'll tell you how to pray. I will teach you everything you need to know. And I think that's the key. There is no formula, there's no rule. It's just inviting Jesus in and then saying, Jesus, be my teacher. And then as you listen, then he's going to give you all the instruction you need to be the mommy that your kids need, to be the prayer warrior that your kids need. But anyway, when they get to Emmaus, remember the story, Jesus acts like he's going on. And they say, no, 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 stay with us. They invite him in. They invite him in into their, um, into their home or wherever they're staying. And Jesus comes. He never says no. He comes. And then all of a sudden, they're sitting at the table, and Jesus becomes the host of the meal. When you invite him in, he's always to come in as the host. It's really the only way he can come in. He's king of kings and lord of lords. He's not going to come in and be in the corner. If you invite him in, it's for, it's for everything. It's for him to be in charge. And I, I laughed when I was thinking about those two men, how, how weird it must have been as Jesus acted as the host at the table and took the bread and blessed it. But as they, they allowed him to be the host of that meal, and as they allowed, it, as they allowed Jesus to break the bread and bless it and give it, their eyes were open and they could see because when Jesus is the host of our table, when he's the host of our home, then, then he comes in, he takes control, and our eyes can see, and the eyes of our children can see. So that was what helped me so much. And I've gotten now, so I invite him to come, especially to our meal times, because when we invite him and he comes, he orders conversation, he makes it happy, and then the, ta the, the table is set, for him to begin speaking to our children. I remember the day when my kids were young, and I, I remember where I was sitting, and um, I remember th it, I was sitting in my, my Jesus chair, and I could kind of see the hallway, and I knew Jesus had been talking to my children, and I had this funny thought. I thought, Jesus is here, and he's speaking, but he's not speaking to me. He's speaking to these little hearts. And I thought, all I have to do is create a space for him, them to meet Jesus. And that means make Jesus the center of your home. That means talk about him on your way to school. That means pray with your kids when they wake up in the morning. That means don't miss an opportunity to make Jesus the center. And it may feel a little funny at first, especially if you're not used to it, but just keep saying, Jesus, help me. Help me make you the center. Help me make you the center. And you t talk, to, talk to them about Jesus until it's like he's a member of the family. And I remember sometimes when um, one of my sons said, oh, Mom, I'm just going to set an extra plate at the table. It's for Jesus. They, he, Jesus can be as real to your kids as that. So he is actually a living member of the home and, and becomes their safe, secure place. And it, I, if your husband is with you, three cheers. If he's leading your home spiritually, three cheers. You pray for your husband. But if, he, if you're a single mom or if you have no idea where your husband is with Jesus, it doesn't matter. Just keep inviting Jesus in. And God will begin to do things in your children you could never expect. 
And I want you to know, I'm, I'm going to give you some practical things that Jesus has, has done for me and for my kids. My, my children are 10, um, 13, and 14. So, so I'm out of the real little baby stage. But I think it is so important for new mommies, when babies are in, the, in your tummy, to begin praying over them, to begin reading scripture to them. And if you have other mamas that you know that... Um, that are pregnant, encourage them. Give them resources so that they can begin to just let that baby hear the name of Jesus. So that baby grows up in, even in utero with the sense of the presence and the love of Jesus. It's never too, it's never too young. You're never too young. So that's one thing. But then I think as they're little toddlers, we want to be praying prayers over them. And there are some great resources. And maybe the best is, is Arla's book that she's written, Praying Scripture. It's very practical, and it, deal, it details all kinds of scriptures. Because it's hard to remember what you prayed last week, and she has them all written down for protection, for your family. So it's a wonderful resource where she's gathered them all together, and you can just pray down the list. I have some others, though, especially for little ones. Um, as your kids start learning your ABCs, this is my favorite. It's, an, it's called the ABC Memory Book because one of the most important things you can do with your kids is have them memorize scripture. And what they memorize when they're little, they will not forget. So have them memorize scripture. And if you haven't done this, you know, up to now, start. Whatever age they are, start. And this goes through every letter of the alphabet with a verse. And um, it... It was on the B verse when my four-year-old looked at it, and there's a picture. I don't know if you can see it, but there's a picture of the cross and uh, the verses, but he was wounded for our transgressions. And I thought, how is my four-year-old going to get that? And he looked at the little picture, which is a little boy looking at the feet of Jesus, and uh, he said, Mama, did it hurt? And I said, oh, Michael, it hurt. But he did it because he loved you. And he died because he loved you to save you from your sins. And my little four-year-old crawled up on the bed away from me. And I could hear him praying. It was, Jesus, would you come into my heart and forgive my sins? The word of God is living and powerful. And the number one thing I found in family devotions is it will talk to any age. They are never too young to understand the word of God. More than any Bible story book, more than anything else, the Word of God is the most powerful tool to help our children meet Jesus, which is what we want to do. Then I have a child who has trouble sleeping at night, too, <laughs> and you might as well. Lots of fear, lots of questions, lots of anxiety. And um, this um, is, a, is a CD where all these memory verses are um, sung. And so we listened to this so many times that every single person in my family memorized all the verses. <laughs> and I found myself going to bed singing these songs. So if you would like to have something it just where the Word of God is going in your children's minds, because what we listen to, we remember. This is a great tool. And then, so those were my favorites for the little ones. And then, and then I would pray over the Bible story books that you use. I think some are, are published, honestly, just for 
money, <laughs> honestly. I would go in and say, Jesus, which ones are really um, anointed with your Holy Spirit? And ask him, because I have had ones where I knew that the person who put it together was was um, anointed with the Holy Spirit. So ask Jesus, what resources do my children need? My favorite is the Jesus Storybook Bible for young ones, and it really, all the way through elementary school, the Jesus Storybook Bible, it says every story whispers his name. And I've given them away for Christmas gifts to neighbors, as many as I can, because they start all the way from creation, but every story points to Jesus. And they do a beautiful job making Jesus the center. So that's my favorite. But as my children have gotten older, I have found that the really what works best for middle school and now we're moving into high school is just after supper to just open the Word of God and then, and then let them um, hear His Word and then let the questions come up. And it's funny because the Word of God is so incredibly practical that you have all kinds of questions you'd never expect. Life questions, questions about wisdom, questions about the right choices, questions about what it means to just really love Him and know Him. And as we just sit around our table, Jesus shows up, and then we begin to enter into these Jesus conversations. Now, I will tell you, every, every night, you'll have dishes, you'll have sports, you'll have all kinds of stresses. You'll think, we don't have time, we don't have time. You'll, you'll think that probably every night. Just resist it. Your husband, if he rolls his eyes or if he's absent or whatever, you say, well, he's not here, we can't do it. It, it doesn't matter, just persevere. And you might have five nights where... We had, we had um, when I was getting ready for this, my, my mom came and stayed with us for a week while my dad was gone, and she was eating supper with us, and our family devotions were like a comedy of errors. My children were saying bizarre things, and it was, I, and I laughed. I thought, oh, I can't really share on this. This is not going well. But, but the more we do it, the more we invite him in, and the consistency, the faithfulness. So even when some nights it doesn't go so well, Jesus knows he's welcome and he's free to speak. So we just keep on. We don't get discouraged. We just keep on saying, Jesus, you're welcome. And then we let the word of God begin to speak to our children. And I think, for me, there have been some unexpected surprises about being a mom, some unexpected joys, um, like teaching my children to ride a bike, you know, running alongside the bike until all of a sudden they can take off, or teaching your children to read, and then all of a sudden all whole new worlds are open to them. But the joy of introducing children to Jesus is a joy like none other. And um, I... I, if every mommy could make it her number one goal to introduce children to Jesus, I think that's honestly the hope of the world. And the families being fought against so strongly right now, I think as mothers we need to put our armor on and we need to say whatever it costs, I'm going to have, invite Jesus to be the center of this home and in the center of each of my children's lives. And as we pray prayers of protection over them, um, I think we can claim his promises. And it was really sweet. My grandmother's verse for her children and grandchildren is Isaiah 59, 21. And I was um, just last night um, sitting by a lady, and she said, Jesus gave me the best promise. And she turned to Isaiah 59, 21. And it's this, the spirit I have put upon you will not depart from your children and your children's children and all your descendants forevermore. And I thought, as we love Jesus, 
The promise is that his, his spirit will be on our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren forevermore. And that's the promise we can claim. If you want to take some of that wisdom home, Cricket's book, Passing on the Passion, is an incredible resource to not only um, give you tools and language to, to continue on in what she was talking about, but even as, a, as one of our, my single friends said, that book opened up a whole new world to me about how to share him with others. So I um, just wanted to recommend that to you. If you'll turn your Bibles to Psalm 1, I have the the privilege and trick of talking about devotions with our husbands. <laughs> so what I'd like to read Psalm 1 together. And it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night, he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. And some of you have incredible marriages with godly men, and the two of you can pray together and bring down heaven, and lives are transformed, and families are renewed, and, and, and some of you have just are not married or divorced or are single or some of your marriages are broken. Um, and so how do we enter in to a love relationship with Jesus, with, with our husbands, and what does that look like, especially as women, when the longing of our heart is, is to be in that kind of a relationship with someone? So uh, I, I think these women have already said it so beautifully. The key is Jesus. <laughs> like he, he has to be the center of our lives, and our lives have to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Because we know from, the, from Genesis 3 that, that Eve was going to begin when a sinner entered, entered into the world. She was, was going to want to control that man, <laughs> and it was not going to go well. <laughs> and so um, some, of, some of you have husbands that if you even think about asking them to pray with you, we're going to run the other direction. Um, and so our hearts have to be submitted and yielded to the Holy Spirit, that we would hear his voice. And so um, I just want to share personally that one of the sweetest things in my relationship with my very different husband, my introverted, artistic, quiet, contemplative husband, um, has just been in yielding myself to Jesus and saying, how do I love him? And what is our relationship that is gonna be so unique and so different from my parents, from my in-laws, from anyone else? What do, you, what do you have for us in this? And the freedom that he gives to be unique and different. And as I have not, <laughs> though I have wanted to control or lead or push or prod, as I have yielded to the Holy Spirit, there have been times where he has said to me, be still, Stephanie and draw your life from me, and have me meet those longings of your heart and those needs of your heart. And there have been times that that has given my husband space to initiate, space to, 
to speak. Or there was a time this past Lent when I sensed Jesus say, now you initiate. You, you, you say, what if we read my utmost for his highest together? And, and one of us would read the scripture verse, and the other one of us would read the actual devotion, and then we would pray, and, and, that, and that would be it. And it was a beautiful way to spend the Lenten season together. One of my favorite gifts to give to brand new married couples is devotional This Day with the Master by Dr. Kinlaw, Cricket's grandfather that Cricket helped put together. And it's laid out just like that. It has a, has a, a scripture verse at the top and a, and a beautiful devotional that speaks to men and women, that speaks to people of all ages. I have college kids that can't get enough of it. And I, and and just people about to go to Jesus that, it, that it's ministering to. And I love to give that gift to couples because it's a new start for them. And with the idea that you can begin your marriage together, with that simple idea, it's so nice sometimes to have something that is outside of us so that you're not feeling vulnerable with, with your husband looking saying, now what do we do? Now what do I do? But you're together looking at a, at a book that is bringing you to the Word of God as one reads the Scripture and another reads a devotional, and then there's prayer together. And I'm sorry that I don't know the exact statistics, but what I, what I do know is that um, we know that, that Christian marriages are in trouble. But what the statistics do say are that marriages where there, there is prayer together, there is a difference. And those statistics are far different where there are couples that can join together in the intimacy together with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I love the scripture in, in Zechariah that says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. <laughs> and so do not, if, if you have great longings and dreams of devotional time with your husband and praying together and praying for your lost loved ones, and there's, there's a moment that his heart begins to open and the two of you are praying small prayers together at around the dinner table, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Just thank Jesus and worship him and, and keep praying together. I love um, praying scripture like Arla said. In Ephesians 3, I'll, I'll just read it for you with my precious husband's name in there. And I'll, I'll pray this for him. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen Bryce with power through his spirit in his innermost being so that Christ may dwell in his heart through faith. And I pray that he, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that Bryce may be filled to the measure with all of the fullness of God. So you can pray those scriptures and put his name in there and, and begin to really um, invite Jesus to do a new work in your husband's life, whether you have the best marriage in the world and Jesus is the center or whether it's really struggling. And then if I might suggest that you ask Jesus, if you don't have one already, to give you a prayer sister. And these two women have been my prayer sisters. And what a joy to come together, to bring our families to Jesus, to bring our marriages to Jesus, to bring our homes to Jesus, and to invite him in together, to hold each other's holy hands up because, because 
the enemy wants to fight Jesus being the center of our families and the center of our lives. He wants to fight everything with everything he has. So if we've got another Jesus sister that we can call on a regular basis and we're seeking Jesus together, not to complain, not to vent, not to try and have our needs met that only Jesus or, or um, even our husbands can fill if they're not meeting our needs. It's easy to try and get emotionally attached to women that Jesus is saying, no, that's reserved for your husband. But to have just a sister to stand with you side by side together, that you're looking to Jesus together in his word and in prayer. I encourage you that in the next week, to ask, even if there's somebody that's here with you, to say, okay, Thursday at one, let's call and pray. And then you call and you get right to business. No chit-chat. What is Jesus saying to you? How can we pray? And you go to prayer. We have a few moments left in our time together. We've got about five minutes. And I would actually just love for us to have a moment to pray. <laughs> and maybe you need to be quiet in your seat. And maybe you just need to say, Jesus, what are you saying to me? And what new patterns do I need to, to take home with me? What new practical things do I need to do as I go home? What changes do I need to make in order to invite your Holy Spirit into my home and Jesus to be the center? Or maybe you need to grab that prayer sister next to you or a friend next to you and say, let's pray right now for our families, for our husbands. And uh, I would like just to read one final word just to those of you who... Uh, We've been talking a lot about marriage and family, and for those of you who are single, Jesus has an incredible place for you in the kingdom of God that is just as valuable as any other. So I read Isaiah 60, 54. Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than are those who have a husband. Enlarge the place of your tent, Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their cities. Do not be afraid, ladies. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated as you go home and take new steps with Jesus to invite him into your homes to your office cubicles, to your kitchen tables, to your families, to your marriages. He will.